Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Weekend sports with a difference. Yeah, I really shouldn't be drinking. Oh, really? You learned that in med school that you obviously didn't get into? A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. He's a very gifted singer. I'm really, really good. How good? I've been called the songbird of my generation. Stop. By people who've heard me. That good. On 1080 The Fan. Well, number one told you he'd be gone, so that means... I get to sit in the big boy chair. Even though I'm not sitting in the big boy chair, like, I I rather enjoy it on the other side because, uh, you know, if you're Sprague or if you're Dusty or, you know, Rop, you don't get to look out the window at all, you know, and this is a beautiful time of year. You know, it's usually, you know, we live in Portland, so it's all gray. And how many times have you started listening to the show and we were talking about how bad the weather was? I think it just depresses us both or all of us at, at any time but man this is a great seat it's a beautiful day i saw the heat advisory warning on my phone and everything just making sure that we knew to to dress warm and and, and stay or dress cool and try to stay <laughs> cool and you know what i'm saying all that stuff but uh it's a beautiful day here and are we in southwest portland Northwest Portland. Uh, Portland. This is Southwest. This is Southwest Portland. It's a beautiful day in Southwest Portland. Technically the South Waterfront neighborhood. Yeah, we're right here. And we we have, really, if you've never been to the fan or if you've never been to like, uh, what's that, Old Spaghetti Factory over here, like this is a beautiful view that we have. And so I love being able to sit here every day. But Lynch is gone. He's visiting his family in Jersey. Hopefully he's having a good time. I know he was really, really excited about going home because with all this COVID craziness, he hasn't been able to really see his family and, you know, obviously there's concerns with people that are a little older and stuff, so hopefully the Lynches are enjoying uh, their time together. So it's just me and Joe, and also Big Joe is in there. He's working on something on his tablet, so man, it's a good day to talk sports, though, bro. Yeah, you were talking about it uh, being nice weather. Um, Yeah, I'd much rather look at the weather than be in it right now. Today's weather is one of those days. I I didn't leave the house yesterday. That's... (laughs) Smart move on your part, buddy. I, didn't leave. I was under the air conditioner. I watched the game. I kind of fell asleep for a little bit during the game because I was so tired. But uh, 
yeah, it's it's one of those things, man. It's it, on day hot days like this, like I don't want to get out and do something physical. Yeah, like that seems that seems crazy. Like an 80, 85 degree day, I think that's that's wow. cool. But that can be pushing sometime depending on how many clouds there are in the sky. So, so yesterday, I uh, I played nine holes before I went to work. So I was out golfing. I was out there at like seven a.m. And normally in those early morning tea times, you know, sometimes you keep the jacket on a little yeah, bit longer little and have some long sleeves. None of that. I had the long sleeves on, but they were off by hole two. Like it was the heat was already starting to pick up. And by the time the round was done, it wasn't so bad. It wasn't too hot out yet. But um, and then I went to work. So, again, I was in an air conditioned building for like the majority of the day. But, yeah, I, now I have this guy trying to convince me to go play golf and later today and i'm trying to convince him uh no it's gonna be 100 degrees out yeah not my, down for that yeah my son wants to go to the driving range uh and i'm like yeah bro it's really really hot out there we might have to wait until it cools down but from according to the news and you know how they're always right um <laughs> apparently this is going to be a thing for the next little bit so well uh, like the weatherman is the most accurate uh newsman out there right i mean he just he never gets it wrong i'll take it i'll take it <laughs> i hope he's wrong about today but I, uh... I hope i hope he is too but um either way if he is i'm just gonna try my best to you know not dehydrate and melt out here but this is sports sunday i am rashad taylor man i'm with my guy joe fisher uh you can find me on twitter at taylor made 503 and you can find him at, at joe fish three make sure it's f it's uh, this is very important because it's not fisher like you would not like you know Antoine Fisher or anything. It's not it's, the abnormal Fisher. Yeah, I, I spell it the right way. There you go. So it's F I S C. Wait, <laughs> F I S C H. Yes, yes. There it is. F I S C H three. Make sure you get that in there if you want to tweet at myself or Joe, or if you want to interact with us on the text line. It's five zero three two five zero ten eighty. You get it. It's all morning. We'll be here, man. There's a lot of stuff to talk about, man. We're gonna get to uh, one of the big reasons that it is so great here in portland is because we know the blazers are officially in the playoffs we'll talk about their big win last night we'll play a, a game of what if you know let's talk about what happens if they don't win yesterday there's probably God. some big changes coming to this team and we can talk about some what some of those may have been or might be in the future uh we'll talk about this bubble mvp that damian lillard got and how you know how important that is or how relevant that really is moving forward or if that's going to be a thing as we get ready to move forward with some of these seasons. Uh, we're going to talk about the big matchup th that the Lakers have with our Portland Trailblazers. A lot of people are picking the Lakers. We'll talk about if that's a smart idea or not. Melo said some great things about Damian Lillard. We'll hear what those are. No hater to love it today, Joe? Yeah, we'll see what I can whip up. Okay, well, we'll see what Joe can whip up. And then we'll talk some NFL and college football news and notes. Some pretty savage things happened. I was, uh, I actually did um, Center and Saint yesterday. And uh, we actually talked about one of those things. The Seahawk may have done one of the, or former Seahawk oh, at this point, God. may have done one of the uh, dumbest or most savage things that, you know, you've ever seen someone do. But then when you see the, that the juice really wasn't worth the squeeze, <laughs> and I think you, you know, you'd be a little disappointed uh, in your team up there in the 206. But, yeah, talk about risking it all. I mean, yeah, we'll get to it later. Yeah, but my it was, God. he was, he was, that's, that was a, that was a pretty silly move. But uh, <laughs> I want to start last night, but I don't know, Joe, do you, are you a, um, are you a mixed martial arts fan? UFC, any of that stuff? I've been watching it a lot more lately, um, basically since March, you know, when it was the only sport going around. And now that man, now that the internet can give you things where you don't have to pay for it, I mean, yeah, I, I'm definitely watching a lot more UFC. I got ESPN Plus, so that helps catching the prelims and the fight nights and stuff like that. 
Um, so yeah, I was I was able to catch some of the UFC fights last night, and I've uh, been watching a lot more lately over the last few months. Well, last night uh, we saw a, a double main event. All right. Uh, Sean O'Malley, who everybody just thought Man. was coming into the fight, he kind of looks like Takashi, 6'9". <laughs> like, seriously, he has face tattoos. He has, like, purple and yellow and, like, green hair. It's crazy. Like, he, he's really like a fighting Takashi. Came into the to, uh, to his match last night, 12-0. Um, and 0. He's the next big thing in UFC, and uh, he he was he was taken down, man. Marlon Vera uh, stunned him. Like, it looked like he kind of broke his foot at one point during it, a kick. Yeah, no, it was like, man, I'm so – I've been here – I've been getting an earful on Twitter in my DMs from a buddy who – he placed a pretty nice bet on Vera to win by, like, knockout or TKO. Very good. I mean, so he was he was very happy with himself. And he does jujitsu also, so he's that guy that likes to tell you about it too. Oh, like, he's, you got your own commentator. Yeah. Oh man, that's a reverse guillotine. Oh yeah. man, I mean, hey, listen. You can go and look at my tweets last night, and you can find out who that guy is from the comments on those tweets. Because yeah, he definitely likes to let people know. Yeah, that he does jujitsu. Yeah, and it's like, and then mm, there's watching with okay. that guy, and that's not as fun sometimes. No, because I just want to listen to Joe Rogan. You know, what I'm saying, say some crazy stuff or whomever is commenting. I couldn't tweet a damn thing about the UFC last night and not get a tweet back from this dude just giving me an earful no they're there man this is so I, i'm i'm curious as to why ufc doesn't have a, a bigger following like i understand like when it started it was a real like brutal sport and there yeah. wasn't a weight class and these guys like you know here's the the martial artist he's gonna fight the bare knuckle brawler and there's a there like i see one is a heavyweight one is like a flyweight dude, give me it, that it didn't matter. no i want to see that again but that but i think that was the issue at first it was just too brutal it was just like serious, like blood sport, like not even, not even cool. I mean, it, this, it still is. Yeah, but, but this is more, you know. Now you've got, you know, you've got weight classes, you've got, got weigh-ins with the got, gloves and exactly, stuff. Exactly, you've got yeah. gloves. You know, there's certain things that you have to precautions that they take to make sure you can get in there and fight. Uh, but it's become kind of a, it's still like little brother to boxing, which is weird because boxing has kind of faded away. And we're so excited about this Tyson fight that's going to happen in like November or September or whenever it's going to happen, but. That's crazy that UFC is we don't have it. If you're if you're listening and you're not a follower of UFC, I want to know why. You know, make sure you text us at the at the text line 503-250-1080 because I see it growing and they've got enough stars and people that you can kind of latch onto and stuff like that, but for whatever reason we work in a sports setting and I don't think any of these guys like UFC. Now, it's, I'm trying to think of kind of the, the cast of fellows that we got throughout the I think maybe, shows. I mean, and, maybe Souk might watch it every now and then, but yeah. probably probably not. Hey, man, we, we talk about what the listeners want to hear. Absolutely, you know? man. So, you know, it's lots of blazers, lots of timbers. Hey. You know, if you're Lynch. Hey, if, yeah. I have to put that in there. If you're Lynch, there's going to be a whole <laughs> lot of timbers. But we got a lot of blazers for you today, so don't worry. I just uh, There was really nothing much on last night, so after I watched uh, – after I watched the fight, I just ended up watching some Fresh Prince. Before I <laughs> hey, you can't go, go wrong with Fresh Prince. You really I mean. can't go wrong. Do you know they're making like a, like a Fresh Prince, like a, like a drama kind of? I don't know if it's a movie or if it's something, but there's a trailer for it. Uh, if you go, if you go find it, yeah, it's it look no, it, honestly, it looks like it could be cool, a nice little spin on an old uh, classic. At first, I was really pissed off to hear about it. And In then I, West Philadelphia. No, I mean, look, there might there's some of born that. Born like, and raised. Will is kind of like a more <laughs> brooding version of himself, so he's not as you know playful and stuff like that. Uncle Phil isn't the lovable 
fat guy and stuff like that. It's just, you know, it he seemed, just beats the hell out of him. <laughs> that might be, there might be some abuse going on there. So we might have to look uh, further into that. But we're going to go ahead and get ready to move forward, man. The Blazers, they win. That means they're in. We'll talk about their game yesterday coming up here on the fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9-17, beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning. Uh, middle of August already, man. Like, we're already breezing through this month. I think registration for my son's school starts tomorrow. Um, still a lot of confusion about that and what that's supposed to look like. Are you going to send little Joe back? Uh, we're going to do charter school. Okay. Yeah, he's a part of the mighty Newburgh school district there. Well, all right. And, um, yeah, I mean, props to his mother taking uh, taking that uh, head on because she's been kind of sorting through all the BS and what options there are. And Newburgh's got, a yeah, like a charter school option for this okay. year. And so, um, yeah, we're going to do that. His, um, also, his aunt is like an online school teacher, like before this happened. Yeah. And so she kind of gave the stamp of approval on that and said, "Looks looks pretty good. Looks yeah. like a solid. Uh, looks like a solid route to go." So I know a lot of us. A lot of us parents are really trying to figure that out. Shout out to all the parents that have some tough decisions to make uh, as, as long, we get closer and closer to school starting. I mean, yeah, if he's gonna be at home doing the online school stuff, uh, just <laughs> let's just make it a little bit easier on the parents. Those last couple months of school. Oh, we're gonna need some tutors for the parents. <laughs> That's for sure. Like my son showed me some of his math, and I was like, uh, "You know what? Let's let's ask your mom." I math is math. I know okay? she's good at that, so we'll <laughs> ask your mom. But the math says Blazers win by four. Another <laughs> close game that they've had over this uh, these past uh, maybe every game. I don't think they've had one game where they've won definitively have they let's look at I would the Blazers have, schedule honestly i'd have to go back but yeah i feel like i'm having uh damn near an aneurysm every time i watch them it looks like the one game that the blazers won convincingly was against the nuggets mind you uh Jokic didn't play much in that game jamal murray also didn't play i'm pretty sure paul Millsap sat out that one Mills, I, I, oh did he I don't, i'm not sure so yeah Millsap didn't play i don't know like, they had they sat a lot of uh dudes that game and i know that yeah like Jokic, they did not play more yeah. than like 20 25 minutes or something how so. i mean not to okay i'm not gonna rain on the parade but it's important that we say this especially because we're about to play the los angeles lakers uh tomorrow how how lucky have the Blazers been? Their schedule says on paper it's supposed to be easy, right? They had like a 9% chance of winning the eighth spot, which they eventually did. But if you look at the teams they've had to play, um, I think they played the Nuggets without some of their stars. Yeah. They played the Clippers without some of their stars. You, I got, played, I... you played Philly without one of their stars. You played the Nets without it, even Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, like you everybody. Know, didn't play. Everybody didn't play. You, you played them without their stars. You know, it's it's the Blazers played great during this bubble, and they did exactly what they needed to do. But it's important to realize that, man, they there's a lot of dudes that didn't play, you know, that would have been a problem, you know, for them had they played. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, just looking at their schedule over the uh, bubble, they went 6-2, and 7-2, and two, if you include the play-in game. Okay. Every single game was decided by 10 points or less, and that Nuggets game was uh, 10 points, and – 
I mean, that one even got close at one point. The Blazers were able to pull away in the fourth quarter. But, I mean, being a Cowboys fan, my uh, I would say that my blood pressure and everything, uh, I can't take any more of this. Like, no. the cardiac Cowboys already give me enough headache, strain on my life, and uh, stress. So having to watch You're, these last few Blazer games, it's 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 hard. My God, it's hard. You know, the, the biggest win that the Blazers had, most convincing win, was against the Rockets. Now it's by eight points. The Rockets, very good team, but can yep. also shoot themselves out of a game. They did have Russell during that game. And Westbrook did play, you know, in that game. So that's a that's a quality win, and you feel good about that one. But then you play Denver, and you you win by you win by ten. But again, you don't have everybody on the floor at that point. For for uh for the Nuggets, you lose to the Clippers in a winnable game. Paul even Paul George uh plays, but no Kawhi, no Patrick Beverly. Paul George, I think that they took him out like the last five yeah, six and minutes he didn't of play that in the last game. Few minutes of the game, and you lost to bench players. And that was Lou Williams' first game back, but he only played like eighteen minutes, yeah. and then he didn't play the last ten of the fourth quarter. So I mean, I remember, yeah, when I was watching that, I was like, who the hell are we losing to right now? You beat Dallas, which is, you know, obviously uh, a good win for you. Um, you know, Przingis has 36. That's a problem, you know, because you're going to have to guard. Anthony Davis is much better than uh, Przingis, so that could be an issue. And then you played the Nets. Now, obviously, we know about the Nets game. Karis LeVert was almost the person that ended the Blazers' season. Like, how fitting would it have been for Damian Lillard to talk this stuff to these other guys about sending them home uh, from the playoffs on basically miraculous last-second shots, like, you know, the one that he had an opportunity to make at the end of the game. And Karis LeVert knocked that down. Like, what would that have done to the psyche of the Blazers? And what would that have done to everybody? But he didn't knock it down, luckily. And I think we all <laughs> we all excelled a little bit. I remember I just kind of fell on the floor. I was like, oh, I'm glad this game was over. Like, almost like a, 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 a distance runner as you get to the finish line. Like, oh, right. finally over. Just collapsed. Like, it's, yeah, it's collapsed. <laughs> like, man, this is over. Uh-huh. I don't have to stress on that. And then you play the Grizzlies last uh, yesterday afternoon, and um, it was it was hard to watch at times. Like you you see the Blazers start so well in the first first quarter, second quarter they play really well, play hard. They are the anti Golden State Warriors. By the time you get to the third quarter, oh my god! Because where the Warriors get better and they get stronger and they start making the right shot and they make the right pass and they make make sure they get second and third opportunities to shoot. The Blazers, that's where they lose games. Through the, This has been a common theme for the Blazers even well before the season stopped, not being able to finish in the third quarter and not being able to really sustain some of that uh, energy that you kept in the first and second. Memphis, if you look on paper yesterday, Memphis should have won the game. They were the better team in a lot of different ways. Man, Memphis had a better field goal percentage. They had a better three-point percentage. They had more rebounds. Uh, they had more points in the paint. They had more fast break points. They had uh, they had more assists. Like, across the board, for, for almost every statistical category, they were better than the Blazers. And yet the Blazers were still able to pull it out and still able to come out there. And you saw all the good guys that needed to come through for the Blazers come through. And that was the most important part. With the exception of, uh, I think we're still – really waiting for Gary Trent Jr. to, you know, go back to his his not missing ways that he had for the first few games of the bubble. But all your guys <laughs> that you needed to show up for you yesterday showed up. Yeah. And I think that's the important part of this playoff run 
is that you're, you, you, unfortunately, this is an AAU kind of setting. You know, none of these guys are, they're not partying. They're not kicking it. They've, the, the most they're doing is probably gambling each other's rooms or playing video games and stuff like that. But for the most part, these guys have nothing to do but hoop. So they got their legs under them. They're ready to play. You see every team has a little bit of a bounce to them right now. But in this AAU setting, man, you, you don't have time to have cold games. And now that the bubble is over, like, you got to make sure that your guys come to play every night. Carmelo was awesome yesterday. He, it, it was almost vintage mellow, some of the stuff that he was doing. Obviously, five for 15, but those five were really important. And his ability to get to the line, like, I think people kind of like to poo-poo on your ability. That's why people hate James Harden. Oh, he flops. And he gets to the line. And that's more opportunities at free shots, which is always a good thing. And Melo was 10 for 10 from the free throw line yesterday. Yusuf Nurkic, man. What can you say about this dude, man? Like, loses his grandmother early in the day prior to the game. Um, you can tell at the beginning of the game he's still very, like, hesitant and still, you know, really somber. And, 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 for, and for great reason. Like, I, I don't think most of us – play through a situation like that if you're close to a relative or close to anybody that passes away that day and um you still come out there and and play really hard Nurkic uh almost career stat line 22 and 21 two blocks two steals like he did everything for his team uh to win and uh that was nice to see him do that obviously with the circumstances you know uh, just from a basketball standpoint he had kind of he hadn't fallen off the last couple games, but when he first came back in the bubble, you were like, oh, Nurk's back to normal. And then these last couple games before, he had not been as productive on the offensive end, uh, fouled out a couple times. So, I mean, to see him to put in a game like that, as you mentioned, and under the circumstances, yeah. um, I lost my grandmother uh, almost two years ago, back in uh, November of, like, 18. And, I mean, when that happened, it was adamant to – I need to get off work and I need to go be with my family like right away, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Montrezl Harrell. I mean, he hasn't been in the bubble the entire time for because he lost his grandma. And obviously I'm not saying, oh, Harrell's got to be there. Everybody grieves and does their own thing different ways. But um, yeah, I mean, just under the circumstances like that to go out and ball out like that. It was it was it was an awesome thing to see. It's kind of, you know, I remember when Isaiah Thomas's sister passed away. And he went out there right. in that playoff game for Boston and just went crazy, you know, yeah. in that game. I think about Brett Favre losing his dad. Exactly, and yeah. going out there and just playing out of his mind in, in that game. Like, you know, there, were, there was – you could tell, you know, there, there was some, 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 some great things happening around Nurkic last night. And uh, it's exactly when the Blazers needed it to happen because now they're going uh, to the playoffs to play the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, Yay, what a prize you win. <laughs> but, I mean, hey, there's – and we're going to talk about that because I, I – I, I think they you're telling I think there's a chance, man. I think there's a chance. Like I mean, the one thing and we'll talk about this later, the one thing that the Blazers can do that the Lakers aren't great at is scoring. We're not going to have a problem scoring the ball. The issue is are are they going to be able to stop anybody? And so that's the that's the big thing. We'll talk about that uh, a little bit later. But coming up next, let's just play the game of what if. What if the Blazers lose yesterday? What does that do to the team moving forward? We'll talk about that next. But first, Joe has sports in it. Weekends were made for sports. 
This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9.34. We're kind of on time, right? Yeah, we're on time. Doing fantastic. I'm very good about keeping time, but we only go over when Lynch just keeps talking and talking. No, I'm just joking. We get into these heated conversations, and so, especially I like when we disagree with each other. I think there's more to talk about. I've noticed that it's a conundrum being the producer because I learned early that, like, you know, some of the guy, uh, some of the producers, they'll say break, you know, they'll say break in the ear. But then I had, you know, Rop scolded me one time because I kept saying break. And then when we broke, he said, you know, I have a clock right in front of me, right? So I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess you're kind of right. Yeah, yeah, you manage it. And so I just don't say break anymore. But I realize that I don't if I don't do that literally every time every show goes over. It yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. So now I'm just in this conundrum whether it's like, all right, do I do it just to quote unquote do my job? I'll, I'll tell you this. When I'm a when I'm the one hosting, I'm very, very mindful of the breaks. I want to make sure that we that people get paid, and I want to make sure we get out on time. <laughs> so yes, I'm very very mindful of breaks. People that don't know, uh, I was kind of a little behind the curtain. It's 12 minutes, 27 minutes, 42 minutes, 55. Yeah. So those are the when you're listening to the show by hour, like we break at 12, whatever 12, whatever 27. That's how it kind of goes. Now, I will say, though, like the few times that I have hosted, it's tough to just do a segment and talk about the one thing you want to talk about and, 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 and not go on. over. Yeah. Like, it is very hard. Once it, you get cooking and then you think of something else and it's like, you know, oh, should have broke two minutes you ago. You really but think it, about it. But, you know, when you're talking for uh, a few minutes and you guys are going back and forth, like I look at the clock one time and it was, you know, like. 904 and I look back it's like 913 it's like oh crap <laughs> exactly we got we got to break real quick but uh <laughs> yeah but I wanted to I wanted to play a little the little game of what if you know now mind you none of this happened yet so we don't have to worry about it but let's just go ahead and say that the Blazers season ends with Memphis winning and headed to uh the first round to play the Lakers what does what does Neil Olshay do about this Blazers roster now, clearly, coming back from the uh, in the bubble, you see that the roster can compete. You see that they're good. You see that they can hang with the best talent in the NBA. Defense isn't great, but, you know, you, that's something I guess you can work on or find somebody that can kind of fill, the, fill that gap. But I, it kind of had me thinking because players that are here, i.e. guys like Carmelo Anthony, there's a, there's a good chance Melo will be gone next year. Now, he says he, he likes it here in Portland. but We hear guys say that all the time. And I think one of the re- main reasons Melo kind of said that is because, to be real, like, nobody wanted him. Everybody passed on him. The Knicks were like, yeah, we don't want to take Melo back. The Knicks said that about Carmelo. It's like, well, yeah, we're good. No, thank you. But the Blazers said, yes, man, you're Carmelo Anthony. Like, you can still score. Like, we just don't need you to score the way that you want to score, the way that, you know, you've been used to doing it. And Melo swallowed his pride and played been a great member of this Blazers team. I can't tell you how many games and the Blazers have only won before the stoppage. Was it like 34 games? Uh, right I think that they, I think that's what they won with the bubble wins oh, okay. and everything. I think they were at like 28 before okay. the bubble. So in some of those 28 games, Melo won you the games. You know, he was able to a big, big three pointer or a big ju- jumper uh, to kind of put the Blazers up. So we've seen him do that during this bubble. He's been amazing. The world is watching. Other teams are watching. 
There are other needs that teams need to fill. The Lakers are finding out right now that they don't have another score. Kuzma's not the guy that they figured he would be right now. We're going to see Carmelo Anthony get a lot of attention from a lot of different teams. And then what does that do to the Blazers roster? Now you have another hole to fill. You think Rodney Hood's going to be back. When he comes back, what kind of player is he going to be? So I think there's a lot of things that go into that. So I'm asking you, Joe, what do you think? What what if the Blazers, where do you think the team goes from there if they lose that game to Memphis? If they lose these games, Memphis would have had one to win two. So if they lose two games to Memphis, where do the Blazers go from there? Man, I was worried the other day when they were playing the Nets what things would have looked like and they would have dropped that one and missed the even the play-in game. I mean, going into the bubble, people were already talking about the Lakers and Blazers' first round and, oh, what a great matchup that will be. And it was like the games were yet to be played. And the, they, the Blazers had to – they won six out of their eight bubble games and they still had to do the play-in game. Now, luckily, they had the eight seed, so they just had to win yesterday that one game rather than having to win back-to-back against the Grizzlies or whoever the eight seed was. But still, they had to go six and two. And quite honestly, they could have gotten that Celtics win. They could have gotten the Clippers win. All those games could have gone either way, to be honest, besides yeah. maybe the Nuggets game. The the Celtics win was – they were winning that game. Yeah. They should have won, won against the Celtics. Yeah, they came back again. They were down like 20, 24 points, something like that, came back and took a lead in the fourth quarter. So, I mean – a lot of those games could have gone either way. So the Blazers, they did what they had to do. But, man, even at the end of the Nets game, once Karis LeVert's shot went went down, and I, I tweeted out, I said, if Trump thought Portland was a war zone now, imagine the Blazers losing this game and see what the city would have been like oh my then. Gosh. Oh and my gosh. they don't even get to the play-in game. Oh, my gosh. We got a couple texts here on the text line. Make sure you interact with us, 503-250-1080. Uh, I used to say trade CJ. Uh, still think they need a forward that they only would have with CJ with the CJ trade. Um, his friendships with players and, and uh, has sailed. His, basically, that ship has sailed. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. Like, I mean, I every time people say trade CJ, he does something amazing and wins you the game. Oh, just, trust me, I've eaten a big bowl of crow over the last uh, game and a half now. Let's be real about C.J. McCollum. When the Blazers are winning, he's usually the second guy that's in the in the passenger seat. He's usually the one that's riding shotgun, making sure that he can kind of fill the gaps that Dane may miss. Nurkic was out all last year, most of last year, or excuse me, towards during the playoff run. Does anybody remember the Denver series? Because it wasn't Damian Lillard and his heroics at the end of the series that won them, that sent them to the, the conference finals. It was C.J. McCollum yeah. for a couple games that came in and knocked down big shots and sent that team home. Big block towards the end of a game. Dame started the playoffs great. I think he was so motivated to play against Westbrook, and it, he, they, they smoked them. Then they went, they went 4-2 against uh, uh, OKC, or was it 4-1? Uh, that was a 4-1 yeah, so series win. 4-1 against OK. He was so motivated. Dame was doing ungodly things at that point. Then went to Denver and slowed down a little bit. He was, you can tell, he was gassed at that point. But who was it that stepped in? It was C.J. McCollum. When the Blazers needed a big win on Thursday, who was it that stepped up and was the guy for the Blazers after playing with the fractured back that we found about? It was C.J. McCollum. Last night, when the Blazers needed somebody to score and hit a big bucket to put their team back in the game, it was C.J. McCollum. So all this trade, CJ, I get it. You can get value for him, but honestly, name another twenty point and a twenty plus point a nine guy that you can get. 
There's not a whole lot of them out there. There might be, what, 25 guys in the league that average 20-plus? How many of them are forwards? Now, and you're proving a, a great point because, I mean, like what, you, what you've seen uh, Dame do over the few stretches of games, the 51, the 61, the 45, that's because CJ wasn't playing wasn't at, his highest, yeah. at, at his highest clip. And essentially, if you get rid of CJ and trade him away, that is what is going to be expected of Dame because, again, I mean, like, if you trade CJ, you're getting pieces. You're not getting someone that's going to put up 20 points a game and have that same offensive production as he does. So you're going to be relying on Dame to go nuclear every night. And that's not sustainable. Exactly. Ask James Harden. By the time you get to the playoffs, I'm just I've, – I've given everything. I don't have anything right. left by the time we get to the conference finals and you're playing Golden State. That's what happened to the Blazers, you know, and right now CJ has to be the second-best player. He, he has to be. Nurkic is going to do what he's going to do, I think. I think you can expect 17 and 12 a night from Nurkic. That's a great stat line for your, for your big man. I'm all good with that. I think any Blazer fan should be all good with that. But CJ McCollum is a big shot maker at big times, and he's not afraid – to take that big shot. There was times that we criticized LeBron for not for being too afraid to pull up and take the shot, to get the last shot. We, we criticized him. CJ's not afraid of that moment, and you, you're going to need guys like that. we got a couple of texts I want to read before we get out of here. Uh, let's see. Uh, I can only hope they find someone who's far better than Collins or whoever, and Melo leaving just emphasizes they need a forward. Zach Collins shows flashes at times. He's still the, uh, the, the best big man defender that they had. Well, I'll, let me take that back. Whiteside is the best big man defender that they have. But Collins can actually guard, you know, some fours. Some guys are a little quicker. So I think he's – and he's still real young. We forget. Zach is only, what, 21, 22? I believe so, like, yeah. So he's still real young, and he can continue to grow. But I like what I see from him so far. Just stop shooting jumpers. But I said that yesterday, and then he made one. So if I got to tell you to stop doing it and you make them, then whatever the case. Uh, CJ should be traded when his stock is high. I would take Devin Booker. Well, we'd all take Devin Booker. <laughs> you know, he's six foot five and everything, but CJ McCollum is a beast, man. Like, you, you run the risk of letting him go and having a Jermaine O'Neal type situation to where he goes somewhere and they appreciate him and he becomes a bigger star than you. And then you're left like, damn, we should. I, I wish we wouldn't have traded CJ. Yeah, that's the that's the tone that everybody has. Right. All right. Coming up next, man. What time is it? Uh, bubble MVP. What? <sighs> How important is the bubble MVP? Is it relevant? We'll talk about it next right here on The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Gotta love the. This isn't death metal, is it? Of course not. Is this, is this your ish, Joe? <laughs> Definitely not. No. Uh, the song is apparently called "Porcelain Heart." Yeah, this is for sure Lynch's pick. My heart is so fragile; it's yeah. made of porcelain. That's yeah, for sure the, <laughs> the pick that that Lynch had. But um, if I told you you won an MVP, but it's not the real MVP. Are, should you be should you be happy about that? Not happy. I guess it's a fan base. I'm asking, is the bubble MVP, or well, obviously it's the first one we've ever seen, but how relevant is this? Like, I'm curious to know. Like, is there any incentive that's going to go with having this MVP? Do you get like 
free Disney World or Disneyland for life <laughs> because, you know, you get the MVP. And then did she, did you see the award, the actual award? No, I didn't know that there was, like, an actual, like, trophy. I think it's, like, well, it could be a fake trophy. I don't know. It, Damian Lillard, you just won NBA bubble MVP. What are you going to do next? I mean, I'm if, already at Disney yeah, World. Yeah, I guess I'm already here. Can you turn the rides on? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least I can go for a ride. But yeah. Damian Lillard, man, was absolutely phenomenal. Um, through these eight games, obviously going six and two during that stretch, thirty-seven point six points a game, nine point six assists on, she's forty-nine percent from the field, forty-three percent from three-point. Uh, man, this guy was absolutely phenomenal. But I'm just, I'm just curious, like, what does this mean? Like, usually, you know, this was, this would be something that your your team and the league would, you know, celebrate and. You'd get a an, an award in front of your home cr- home crowd, or at least you used to, which is stupid that they don't they don't do anymore. That's hella dumb. I don't know if you've noticed that, but you know now that they give the MVP away after the season, like at an at, at a an press award, conference, at like and... an award show and stuff like that. Right, like, right, yeah. Why wouldn't you want to get that award in front of your fans, in yeah. front of your thousands of fans? Which is silly to me, but nonetheless, Damian Lillard is the bubble MVP. Um, he was. It was right behind him was Devin Booker with second place. With, and there was voting, like 19 votes. Who voted on this? Man, I thought this was just like something that like Bleacher Report would do. <laughs> just uh, like a topic of conversation. Just, like, who's who, your bubble MVP? They, I didn't know they'd be given actual awards. I said Lillard was unanimous selection among 22 media voters for the bubble MVP award. So that's good. I guess one of the I, I guess a writer, I guess a writer from each of the teams that participated in the bubble, you know, had a had a vote. Second was Devin Booker, 19 second place votes. TJ Warren, who played really, really well over this time, even got into a little back and forth with, uh, I don't know if you saw that with TJ Warren and uh, Jimmy Butler. Oh, yeah. Was that, so, uh, yeah, that was, I don't, re- I can't remember if that was this season or last season, but I do remember that going down, them getting into yeah. that spat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Luka Doncic uh, got one, and then James Harden, Giannis. Finish last. Now, it should be noted that Giannis is probably going to win the league MVP. Right. More than likely. Which is weird to me because, and it's not, that's not weird to me because I think Giannis is playing really, really well. Um, but LeBron is going to finish second in MVP, which is strange to me because Anthony Davis leads that team in every single statistical category that's not assist points, blocks, rebounds, minutes. Like Anthony Davis is first on his team in everything. Like, right. why is LeBron? the MVP candidate, which is I, – I understand that, you know, he's a great player, but if we're just looking at numbers and wins, like, Anthony Davis has been better in every category, but LeBron is averaging a career high in assists. I just think sometimes there's too much love for LeBron. Yeah, I mean, that's – I mean, that's LeBron. I mean, he's always going to get those votes, always going to get that consideration. Um, they, yeah, I mean, the thing that kills me about giving these bubble awards and – you know, like they gave Monty Williams bubble coach of the year, eight games. I don't know. However I just want to know what you get for that. Like, you, I mean, there's a a pat on the back. I mean, uh, hey, good job during this little stretch here. I mean, to me, I don't like. Uh, because it means nothing. It's, well, it's, it's an eight-game stretch. Now, mind you, if not for these these teams that are retrying to get, get in eighth place, this playoff this, or this, this thing was pretty boring. I mean, for the most part, like outside of the, the teams that the Memphis played really well, the surprise of everybody for everybody was the Phoenix Suns and how well they played. And then obviously, Ray, the Blazers raced for eighth 
was a, a big thing. Outside of that, it was like, eh. I mean, going down the stretch, like I remember um, it wasn't uh, Saturday because I was playing game. I think it was Friday. They had a slate of NBA games, and it was hard to get up for those because, I mean, now this happens towards the end of every season. You know, seeding kind of gets uh, – you know who's going to be what seed and what the matchups are going to be for the most part. And some games are important because they are, yeah, like you said, someone trying to get that eight seed. So the final games down the stretch in the bubble were very odd and because teams were not playing their top care. guys. They were letting their assistant coaches coach the games. I saw like Sam Cassell was coaching for the Clippers at one point. The Raptors let their assistant coach coach a half. So it was very bizarre, and it was just, you know, a very lackluster ending to the bubble besides what we got with that Blazers-Nets game and then the game yesterday as well. But I, with this, and it also goes to say with, like, the MLS bubble too, is I'm trying my hardest to not separate the two as if they're two completely different seasons. And I understand that the gap that we had was just as long as an off season. I'm pretty sure that there was like 16 weeks between games or something like that mm -hmm. uh, when the bubble started and when the actual regular season ended. Yeah. But to me, this is all still one season. I know there were transactions and there are some teams with new players on it, but I mean, this is all still the same season to me and having the separation of, Oh, well he's doing fantastic in the bubble and well, they're, they're a great team in the bubble. And it's like, well, this is still the same team. Well, they just I, had a lengthier break, you know. So yes, they've been hot. I think that I think that would be the case for I think that's the case for most teams, except for I'm really the Blazers are the exception. The Indiana Pacers are the exception. You know, you're a different team now when you have your star back. You know, you look at Indiana and they, you know, played some pretty good basketball. TJ Warren's able to come into his own, but they got Victor Oladipo back. That's huge before the playoffs. Yeah. You know, you talk about uh, a team in the Blazers who you lost your you lost your best big man. You know you lost your second best player on the team, and then you lose your best defender on the team and Zach Collins. Like you're a different team when these guys are back on the floor. You know, so all of a sudden that that that, that gap that you you see just in in the Blazers just Nurkic being on the floor opens everything up for you know because now you're so afraid of him beating you down low and he's such a good passer from the top of the key that man there's nothing you can there's nothing you can do about that now. So I think teams. Look different. Do I want to play the Lakers? If I'm the if I'm the Blazers, do I want to play the Lakers without Nurkic and Collins? No, that's a that's a four game sweep for right. sure. But now with with the whole team there, that looks totally different. And so that's why I think when you talk about a season like this, is the Blazers are the one team that super benefited from having that long layoff because now you got your whole team back and it's, you're in the same spot. And now your road to a championship, like you're gonna play your toughest series first. Yeah, like let's let's say, let's say like for whatever reason, and we're gonna about to talk about this next in the ten o'clock hour. Let's just say they go ahead and and, and play the Bla play the Lakers, which they're going to do, and they win. Like that's the toughest series they're going to have is against LeBron and Anthony Davis. There isn't another team that presents a, a lineup like that as far as having those two superstars. Paul George and Kawhi is not that. Kawhi is great. I love Kawhi, the most efficient basketball player that I may have ever seen. Paul George is can keeps proving to me that he's, eh, you're good, you're great, but. You're not somebody that you you don't you don't scare me the way you used to when you played in Indiana. Okay, coming up next, man. It's here. Playoffs starts Tuesday. Lakers, Blazers. Obviously, Lakers are the home team, but there's no home court. This should be a breeze. It's coming up next right here on the fan. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.